listen, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to get to the Word today and get everybody uh, to celebrating July 4th, the Independence Day. Again, I'm so honored to have all of you with us today. I've got a great message that uh, I'm excited to share with you. Let's pray real quick before we go to the Word. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for what you're doing in our church, what you're doing in the global church, for what you're doing in all of the families that are here today. God, we thank you that on this Independence Day, Lord, when we celebrate our nation's freedom and liberty, Lord, that we get to freely worship you. Lord, that in wherever your spirit is, there is freedom and there is liberty. God, we're grateful for that. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us. Lord, for healing us, delivering us. Lord, as we dive into your word, God, reveal yourself to us like never before. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Are you there? First Corinthians chapter 2. You know, I, I titled my message today along the lines of, or exactly with what the Lord shared with me a few weeks ago. It was a Wednesday night, and we were praying. Our, our Wednesday night service is a Wednesday night worship. Uh, again, for July, we're going to change it to Tuesdays, but I'm so used to calling it Wednesday night worship. That's what, it, that's what it's been. Anyways, uh, and so we're, we're praying, we're praying, and and uh, I, the Lord's been dealing with me about several things, and we've been, of course, looking for a building that we could really call our own, and a building that we could have, that we could make it ours, and make it, uh, um, you know, man, this would be Family Worship Center, and, and something that would be, uh, uh, allow us to do additional things on additional nights, more flexibility, improve what we're doing. And so I, I'd had several opportunities for buildings come up. I brought Pastor Steve over. We were looking at buildings, looking at, I mean, negotiating um, my family, and we all went to one. I mean, just several opportunities came up. And through all that, nothing really panned out. And, and those could be moments of frustration, but I chose to stay in faith and, and, and stay steady and stay the course during that whole time. And, uh, but, but I was kind of, you know, also asking God, you know, okay, you, you put me in connection with these people. You had people call us. You had us, I mean, there was one night I I showed up at a church and the next day found out that that church, catch this, I felt led to go on a Saturday night, that Sunday, their board voted to shut the church down. Now I'm thinking, well, Lord, why'd you lead me there if that church building wasn't for us? And there's lots of reasons why I believe that he has, that he's revealed to me, but, but one thing that he put on my heart that I felt like it was not just for me, but for our church were these words. Prepare for expansion. Prepare for expansion. I want y'all to say that with me. If, if you are new here, I like feedback. I feel like it's, it's better for you if you're engaged in the service and you kind of talk with me a little bit. And it also helps me preach better. So I want you to say it with me. Say prepare for expansion. I believe that was just, not, not just for me, not just for our church. I believe it was for our church. I believe it was for you because there's, some, there's, there's lots that God's word says about expansion. And of course, uh, as I began to, to mold this over and confess it over our life, confess it over our family, confess it over our church, I, I'm trying to get everyone to say it with me. We're preparing for expansion. We're preparing for growth. We're preparing for expansion. Why? Because if we don't act like we're running, you know, 100 or 200, then we're going to stay where we are right now. You know, we need to start acting like a church that's running, right? And in many ways, we already are. We already are, really. We, we, we do. I mean, our worship today was great. Uh, I mean, you know, I remember when I used to sing. 
I think all of you in this room are glad that I did not lead worship this morning. Everybody say amen. amen. <laughs> hey, y'all weren't supposed to be that loud. <laughs> no, you don't want me to. I'm not called to do that. I'm called to lead. I'm called to preach. I'm called to, 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 to be your pastor. That's what I'm called to do. That's what God called me to do. And worship leading is not part of that. Amen. Praise God. But uh, many things that we, we already are, so I don't want to make it seem like we're not, but I also know that there's areas for improvement and things that the Lord showed to me. And so I, I wanted to kind of throw that out there today because as you see me make some changes over the next several months, you know, August and September are really big growth months for the church. People start going back to school, and of course, after COVID, uh, it looks like uh, all things are pointing to a, maybe not totally, but a more normal uh, type school year. So I think that parents will be getting back in routines and families will be back in routines and people are going to be visiting churches and people are going to be out. People that have moved here are going to want to try and connect and find a church family, a church home. And so I want to make sure that we're doing things right. So if you see me make changes or do things, just know we're preparing for expansion. Amen. So what does God's word say about preparation? You know, my, uh, when I graduated from college, my uncle he gave me a, a knife. Now, that might not sound very exciting, and I'll be honest, I was not very excited. Has anybody ever gotten a gift that you just weren't really excited about? I, I'll, just, I'll be honest, I've never told him. He watches our, uh, uh, online, he lives out of state. He's probably watching right now laughing because I've never told him that I wasn't excited about the knife. I wasn't. I just didn't, I didn't get it. But he would teach me how to cook. When I'd go and visit him, he would teach me how to cook. And so it was not just a uh, you know, a regular knife. This was a chef's knife. It was a chef's knife. He's not actually a chef, but he's basically a chef. I mean, he's really just studied cooking for years and years. My wife will tell you he's a phenomenal cook. And I, everyone in our family will tell you. And so um, it wasn't a normal knife, but I didn't appreciate it at the time because I, I, I was, you know, looking for, I don't know, cash or whatever else, gift cards. Everybody was giving me stuff like that. I just graduated from college. I wasn't exactly thrilled about a kitchen knife. A chef's knife. It wasn't just a kitchen knife, but a chef's knife. I mean, and it was nice, and he told me a little bit about it, but I, I just wasn't really into it. I'll be honest, it sat in the case in our kitchen drawer. I might have used it once up until we got married. When we got married, of course, we went and uh, um, registered, made a registry, picked all kinds of things out. And so my uncle called me, and he said, listen, uh, what, what kind of knives do you have on your registry? And we talked about it, and he said, listen, take that mess off. He said, I'm going to get you a real knife set. And I said, okay. And so we did. So now I have that knife that he gave me and this knife. And, it, and this package came with videos and, like, tutorials. And, and my wife will tell you I like that kind of stuff. I like to, to learn how things work. I don't want to just know, you know, what it is that I have. I want to know how it works and why it works that way. And so I watched the DVDs, I watched the tutorials, and I, I learned how to, to, to sharpen the knife. I learned how to hone the knife. Did you know that most of these knives, you actually have to, or you're supposed to hone the knife after every use? Have you ever seen that with the, the long silver thing and, and a guy takes the knife and does like this? He's not actually sharpening it, he's honing it. When you use the knife, it makes little imperfections in the blade. And when you take that honing tool and you run it at, a, at the right angle, depending on the knife, when you run it on the right angle, you are preparing the knife for use. And if you don't, it eventually gets more and more dull because the, the metal, after use, after use, after use, after use, it gets, it gets less and less sharp. 
But if you hone it and, and periodically sharpen it, you're preparing it for use. And then I began to learn about the types of material that these knives are made out of and all this stuff. And there's a preparation that happens in the knife for you to be able to prepare your food with the knife. You don't just use, I mean, if you're going to use this type of knife, I mean, you don't see a chef use um, a little plastic knife like my daughter would use to cut your steak to prepare your food, right? What do they use? They use knives like what my uncle gave me. They use legit, I mean, these are made out of special metals and all these kind of things. So then I was thinking about God's word. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It says, as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, God has prepared some things for me. Now, I want you to say it with a little bit more conviction, like you actually believe God's word. I want you to point at yourself. Point at yourself. Take, take one of your hands. Point at yourself and say, God has prepared special things for me. He says here that no eye has seen, no no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. When you love God, you put yourself in position for him to bless you. But not just bless you. See, many times we get fixated on the blessing. Like I was fixated on, I need a building right now. I need a building right now. I need it yesterday. Because I know the potential. See, people nowadays, they, they associate church with a church building. And so when you're in a, a location like this, it's a little bit harder for people to latch on to the vision. We've gotten to a good point and God's blessed us now. And so people were able to see where the church is going and where they're heading. But I know we'll grow and we've grown. We've really grown. Even through COVID, the church has grown here. It's been phenomenal. But I know that the growth potential is even higher when we've got a building in a great location with a sign over it, when we're able to do special things and not get nickeled and dimed for every event that we do here. Does that make sense? And so I know all this. And so in my mind, I'm fixated on, man, I need this building today. But then God reminded me that there's preparation that he's making for me that he's preparing for expansion and that I need to prepare for expansion. And as he began to deal with me, even last night as I was preparing for this, my eyes have been opened to the, the preparation that, in, that, that God has and that God is doing in each and every one of your lives. That this is not just for me, not just for the church, that this is for you. That I believe that as it is in this house, so shall it be in your house. Say that with me. Say, as it is in this house, so shall it be in my house. I believe that as we get blessed and as we increase and as we go up and as we go higher and as we're blessed and as we're prosperous, I believe that you'll be blessed and you'll be prosperous and you'll be healed and you'll be. Do you hear me today that you're going to have in your life the thing? God is no respecter of persons. What he'll do for me, he'll do for you. What he'll do for your neighbor, he'll do for you. He is not going to have some special uh, privilege. uh, No, he's not like that. God is no respecter of persons. He loves you. And he has things in store for you. He says here in this verse, not seen, not heard, not entered into your heart, the things which God has in store, which God has prepared. God showed me last night, 
that not only do we need to, to, to know and recognize that God is preparing things for us, but that we need to prepare for what he's prepared. I, this is a little deep, and I knew I needed to kind of get there and then explain it so that y'all get this. You need to prepare for what he's prepared. You need to prepare yourself for the things that he's prepared for you. You need to begin to think and talk and speak. See, I believe that what God's showing me about our church is showing me about me as a pastor and as a leader. These things are, are, are an example of how God wants to bless your life and your households and your jobs and your places. I know, I know that because God wouldn't show me this and deal with me if it weren't true. That if he's preparing the church for expansion, that you need to expand. God wants you to expand. And expansion may look different for everybody. I mean, expansion may be, I mean, some of us might just need a car that's not breaking down every two seconds. I've, I've been there. I've been there. Some of us just need a steady job, steady income. You're not trying to be a millionaire today. You you're just don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I, I'll tell you, I, I cannot find anywhere in God's word where he wants you to live paycheck to paycheck. I can't find it. If you find it, let me know and I'll preach it, but I can't find it. But what I see is that God says, as I said earlier, that he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He's got everything you need and he wants to provide everything that you need. He's got all the cattle on a thousand hills. He knows exactly. Listen, you think he's surprised by your issues? He's not surprised. What's better is that we need to know and recognize God didn't do them. See, we, when we get caught up and we think, oh, well, God's put me in this trouble spot, I don't believe that. Because then how can God be the, why would God do that? And then he can, he can bring you out of, no, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we know that if I'm in turmoil, one of three things happen. Either I made a boo-boo, I made a mistake, I made a bad choice. The world I live in Something happened, coronavirus happened. You know, I mean, many of us have had a uh, 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 struggle with jobs and with finances and things. Uh, not, I mean, ultimately sickness comes from the devil. We know that. But your, your job place may have had to make a decision because of things they couldn't help, things that were outside of their control. So sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's the world we live in. And sometimes it's the devil. But you know what the Bible says? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord will deliver us from them all. Everything that you face, every problem that you face, every issue that you come across, every hurdle that's in your way, every mountain that you, that you think, you, 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 it looks so big and so tumultuous, and you think, man, there's no way I'll ever overcome that. God knew about it before it was there. He has a way and a solution for you to get over it, and he says that I have prepared things for you. I'm preparing a way for you. I'm preparing a solution for you. I've got things prepared for your life, and when you Prepare for that pre preparation. In other words, when you put yourself in position to receive it. See, there's preparation that it takes for the things that are prepared. You know, let me, let me give you a better example since I'm talking about food today and thinking about food. Are you anybody else hungry? I need to stop talking about food. Good night. <laughs> 
let's say you paid for a meal. And you paid for the meal from the top restaurant in Columbia, whatever one that you like. Just think about that right now. The, your favorite spot, if you were to leave right now and, and have a meal paid for you, think about that place. I mean, I mean, it's exquisite. The top meal, no, price wasn't an issue. You paid for it. And the chef got the order. The order came through on a ticket. And he began preparing the meal. And he prepared it and his team prepared it. And they prepared the meal. They plated it. And I'm talking about, I want y'all to make sure in your head you're eating at a good restaurant right now, okay? Make sure you're eating. I'm talking about a good one where they, they plate it real nice and they've got all the sides, maybe a three or four or five course meal with, with a salad on the side and some dessert afterwards and all this. But you never went to the restaurant. The meal got prepared. The meal got put. You, the, 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 the chef got the ticket. He got the meal, he put it on the, on the, on the, on the plate and the, the, the hostess or the waitress or whoever they took it and they went and they sat on the table and you weren't there. See, many times we, we know or we, we, maybe we don't know, but, but God's preparing things for you. I, I want to ask, are you prepared to receive what he's prepared? Are you prepared? Well, how do we, how can I get prepared? I believe one of the, 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 the keys to this goes back to something that, that is so important. It's faith. Faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's that I walk by faith, not by sight. It's that I walk, and, and that I know that God is working even when I don't see it. That God's moving even when I don't see it. See, see, and listen, listen, listen to this. In Psalm 23, verse 5, in Psalm 23, verse 5, it says that God prepares a table for you in front of your enemies. I, I, that, that blew my mind earlier. I think it was earlier this year. Maybe it was late last year. But, but I, I had read that and I'd heard that. I'd probably even heard messages. But all of a sudden I got the epiphany that, that while I'm sitting in front of an enemy, while I'm sitting in front of a problem, while I'm sitting in front of an issue, I can either be fixated on that or I can look at what God's prepared for me. That in front of my enemies, that there's a table prepared for me, not for you. I mean, he's preparing a table for you too, but I'm just talking about me for a second because you've got your own table. You look at your table. Now, don't be looking at my table. God prepares something for me. You know what I'm saying. God prepares for all of us. You know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying that, that we get, we, for me, for my need, for my family's needs, for, what I, for what's going on in my life, that he's prepared, that he cares about me. He knows every hair on my head. He knows everything that's going inside. He knows everything, every emotion, everything I'm dealing with, and he's preparing things for me, which means he's preparing things for you, and we need to be prepared. That's why when I tell you that I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to be doing things around the church and I'm going to be, I mean, ruffling some things and in some areas that I hadn't dealt with, I'm going to deal with things. And I just need to shake some things up. I need to get some things ready. I need to prepare because I know that, listen, you know what big churches do? They're on time. They're on time. We, we, we start on time around here. We're going to continue to start on time. You know what big churches do? They have people at the door that are smiling and greeting. You know why? Do you know why? Because people come to church, they expect family. They expect friendships. They expect relationships. They, they don't, they, I, they, nobody remembers what I preached the first Sunday. 
I may preach a good word. They, rem- they may remember that it moved them or that it was good or whatever, and I pray that they do. But, but nine times out of ten, they don't remember the first sermon. But they're going to remember how they felt. Miss Wendy, you know this. You've been attending Family Worship Center for how long? Almost 20 years? 16 years. Do you remember the first message that Pastor Steve preached when you went to Family Worship Center, Florence? Nope. How did you feel, Miss Wendy? Somebody ran you down at the door. I believe it. And said, no, don't leave. I did not even know this story, y'all. I promise. I did not know this when I asked her. And so they brought you inside. And you've never, now your family, your son, I worked with him side by side all week at camp. He was working, I mean, blessed, got a new job, blessed. I mean, you are just rocking. Every time I turn around, you're selling something new and doing something new and moving up, moving. I mean, God's blessing your life because you went to a place where you don't remember what pastor preached that day, but it felt right. It looked right. It, these things matter. These things matter. And I'm, not, I'm just saying that so that y'all know that as I'm making changes and moving through things and preparing us, I'm preparing for what I know is coming in August. We're, we're going we're gonna to do a, a new, you know, I don't even know if I should call them advertising campaigns, but things that are going to get our name out there and things that are going to do... We're, it's time that we do those things. COVID's coming out. We're, the, the, the world's moving in a direction. And we need to be in position for God to bless this church. For God to, 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 to so when people show up, that we have an inviting atmosphere. An inviting, uh, uh, streaming. A new study shows that not only are people impressed with the first few minutes that they visit your church, but the first few minutes before. That how it looks online how it sounds, how it looks, how, how, how it's presented. Well, thank God I'm a media guy. Now, I have not invested heavily there just because uh, I, know, I know myself and I know I'll get all involved in that. But these are things that I'm going to be improving, things that I'm going to be shaking up and things that I'm going to be uh, uh, developing as we prepare for expansion. I want to tell you today that I don't think that's just happening in our church. That I think that God's got each and every one of you, and that his word is true. If you put that first Corinthians back up there, that his word is true, and that you haven't even seen yet. Think about your life. Think about the dreams, the goals, the, the vision, all that you want. You haven't even seen yet what God has in store for you. That you haven't even began to fathom what God wants to do for you and your family. That if you, if you think, think, I mean, the, the biggest blessing that you've received pales in comparison to what God has in your future. The safety, the provision. Now, is the devil going to attack you? Sure. Are things going to happen? Sure. Are you going to make mistakes? You betcha. But is God going to be there the whole way? Yes. And is God preparing something for you? Yes. Does God have a table set right in front of your enemies? Yes. Does God have a future for you? Yes. What does Jeremiah 29 and 11 say? What does it say? It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God is thinking about you right now. God is thinking about your future right now. I don't mean to, sh- I, you know, I don't know if y'all are used to shouting and all this stuff, but I I'm just too excited. It's because I went to youth camp all week. I went to youth camp all week and I just yelled all week. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he's thinking about you. He's thinking about you. He's thinking about your, he knows what you're thinking and he's thinking about you. 
He said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts to prosper you. Look, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Don't you walk around with no hope. Don't walk around with no hope. You've got hope. Oh, I just don't know. Yes, you do. You've got God's word. And it says that he's got a future and a hope for you. Oh, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. Stop talking like that and prepare yourself for what God's prepared for you. Stop talking like that. Stop talking like you're not prepared. Stop talking like you're not going to the restaurant. Are you going, baby, or not? Because I'm going to eat. You've got to talk like you're sitting down. I mean, listen, when I get excited about a place, my wife will tell you, when I get excited about going to a restaurant, I can't shut up about it, man. I'm just talking, listen, man, we're going to go. I mean, I'll, I'll, make it, I'll make it so much bigger than it is. I mean, sometimes I'll even get let down, not because the meal isn't so good, but I'll just hyped it up. Anybody else like me? But listen, that's how we should, see, God will never let you down. When you eat at his table, he won't let you down. He won't let you down. He won't let you fall below. His expectation or your expectation is so low below his. Man, when, he, when God comes through, it's going to far exceed. That's why when we go back to that Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, we lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. When he directs them and when he leads you to the restaurant he's sending you to, to the meal that he's prepared for you, it'll be the best meal you've ever had. You'll be sitting there going, how did I get here? How did I get this job? How did I end up with this car? How did I end up with this spouse? How did I end up with these kids? How did I end up with this life? Because God was preparing for you a future and a hope that only he can provide, that only he can prepare. Prepare yourself. So what are we going to do? We're going to walk by faith. Number one, we're going to walk by faith. We're going to live by faith. Number two, we're going to get our mouth right. Now, what I'm talking about, again, applies to your life and to the church. So uh, we're going to think hundreds. We're going to sing and play. Listen to me, band, praise team. Listen to me, media people. I'm talking to our whole church today. I got all the kids in here. I got everybody. Miss Connie's the only one. She's at the back, and you'll tell her. She's doing our littlest kids back there. We're going to sing and play for hundreds. And it's not for hundreds so that we can say we have hundreds. It's because every week we meet people in Northeast Columbia alone, not just greater Columbia, just in Northeast Columbia that have no church, know where they go, know where they're connected to, no vision for their life. God, I mean, they, it's like they, they, they know God, but they're not connected to anything to help them get to what God's preparing for them. They need a place like Family Worship Center. I pray they find any church. I pray they find a church that blesses their life. But I know what they'll get here. I could point to you family after family after family around this room. And many people are on vacation and not even here today. Where since they've started attending, God has, God has taken a message and, a, and helped them apply change in their life. And their lives are going to never be the same. Their kids are never going to be the same. Because celebration changed, their, our children's ministry, celebration changed their life. They'll never be the same. 
I believe in what we're doing here. I believe in what God's called us to do. I believe in what God's called you to help us do. I believe it. So we're going to prepare. That means that we're going to live and walk by faith and we're going to get our mouth right. We're going to get our mouth right. When you're, when you're talking about your, your life, your family, you cannot, again, you cannot talk like you're not going to the restaurant. You've got to talk like, you know what? I'm going to speak God's word. I'm going to speak God's word. I'm going to speak. I may, I may not see what I want to see right now, but I'm going to speak what I want to see. You know, the Bible says something interesting. It says, it says to say what is not as if it is. It's to speak what is not as if it is. And a lot of people make fun of that. They'll call, they'll call Christians, they'll say, oh, those are just uh, blab it and grab it churches. Name it and claim it churches. Those name it and claim it churches. I'm sorry, Brother Chuck. I'm sorry I went country on you. I'm sorry. He doesn't like when I do the country voice. I'm trying to get a different voice, but I went country again. It's like my default. <clears throat> but, you know, people make fun of that. But here's what I've realized. If God's word says something, I want it. And if it says that I can say what is not as if it is, then I have to realize the importance of the words that come out of my mouth. What else does the Bible say? That there's life and death in the power of the tongue. That I can speak life or I can speak death. You know, it does not say speak what is as if it is not. Let me say it again. The Bible does not say speak what is as if it is not. So if you get a bad report from a doctor, let's go, let's say, you know, the doctor and, you know, I'm just using an extreme example. Maybe you get a doctor's report that says you've got cancer. Well, you don't, you don't leave the doctor's office and say, I don't have cancer. You have a report that says you do. There is cancer cells in your body. That is what the doctor concluded. That's what the CAT scans or whatever scans they did showed. That's what the, the there's, there's proof that they have. I see your Bible. But I have a report. And in this report, it says, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And so I may leave with one report, but I'm going to confess the report. It's not that I'm denying a reality. I'm confessing the one that I want. So you preach a message like this and there might be 10 people here next Sunday. I pray not. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not, I don't care. I'm preparing for expansion. And y'all got to come with me. Y'all got to come with us. Y'all got to come, we're preparing for expansion. Say it with me, say we're preparing for expansion. We're preparing for expansion. I want you to prepare your homes. I want you to prepare your families. I want you to prepare your household. Prepare your bank account. Get it ready. You might need to make sure you got enough spending limits and enough all that. Make sure you go, go ask your bank. Now, how much can I fit in here? You know, I mean, the Bible says to give to the poor. You can't do that if you don't have any money. You can't do that if you don't have any money. It's not that I, I, I'm not, uh, I don't think that God's a vending machine and I never want to come across that way. I don't, I don't, that's not how God is and I know he's not and I don't want to come across that way. But I know that God wants to bless you and that God has things in store for you and that God has great plans for you and that you can't do everything you're called to do if you don't have any money. 
You can't. You can't. You, you have to have your needs supplied and enough left over. And over and over again, the Bible tells us, in Corinthians, it tells us that when you give, that when you sow your seed, when you're cheerful in your giving, that you'll have enough for you and enough left over for all generosity, the Bible says. That means that any time, I mean, we have enough money now. My wife, I'm a pastor. My wife's not just a teacher, a teacher's assistant. And I have enough, I probably couldn't give to anybody for every, everything ever you can ever imagine. But we have plenty of money that anytime someone's in need, all we have to do is stroke a check, cash out, whatever we got to do, I'll get you the money. We've got savings. We've got, we've got, we've got a house. We have minimal debt other than a home. Why? Because what God's word says, we latched onto, we confessed, and we prepared for what God prepared for us. And if God will do that up to this point, and God's preparing me for expansion, again, I want you to prepare for expansion. Because yes. God's no respecter of persons. And if he's, if he's getting ready to pour out a blessing on me, I believe it'll spill over on you. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. I want you to, I want you to catch this. I want you to get it. And again, it's not that, maybe, maybe finances isn't your thing. Maybe you don't need finances. Maybe you're good. But there's, but maybe you need peace. Maybe you just need a clear mind. So what does God's word say about that? It says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. See, I would walk around and I'd confess that. I've got a clear mind. I think clearly. I think, I think, I think my, my mind is at peace. Why in the middle of you feeling anxious to all get out? I, nope, 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 nope. I'd look in the mirror. I'd go, I'd say, excuse me, I need a minute and leave wherever you're at, walk in the mirror and say, no, you're not crazy. Why? Because something on the inside of you, your spirit on the inside of you is connected to God and connected to his word. And that's got to come out and speak to your body every once in a while and speak to your mind every once in a while and say, no, you're not going to act like that. You're not going to live like that. No, we're not going down. We're not going backwards. God's prepared a path for me. God's prepared a future for me. And I'm preparing for what he's prepared for me. Look to your neighbor and tell him, I'm prepared. Get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm telling you, get ready, get ready. Get ready to see growth in your, ch- in your church. Get ready to see growth in your family. Get ready to see growth in your house. Get ready to see growth in your... Listen, if you, if you don't want it, then, I mean, you just keep doing what you're doing. You'll be fine. You don't, again, you don't have to eat at the restaurant. You don't have to. But if, if, if someone made a meal for you and said, all you got to do is come eat it, I'm going to eat. That might be a better title. I'm going to eat. On July 4th Sunday, when we're all thinking about food and barbecue, I'm going to eat. Look to your neighbor and tell him, I'm going to eat. Listen, I want to wrap this up. I want to, I want to, let me, let me just share one, one more thing. We're going to walk by faith. We're going to get our mouth right and we're going to control our thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I know we were just in another chapter, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, 
And I'm going to read from a different translation. It says this. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. Say that word, say captive. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Now here it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I want to just ask you a simple question as I begin to close. Brother Andre, you can come up. I'm, I'm beginning to close here. I want to ask you a simple question. As you read that verse, as you look it on the screens, listen to me. Who's taking the thought captive? You'd have to read the whole chapter, obviously, to, to see the subject of the sentence. But we're casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If God told you that you can bring your thoughts into captivity, you can do it. And the way you think, the way you think will eventually turn into what you believe, which will eventually turn into what you say. What comes out of your mouth? And what did we say earlier? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You, you, you have to understand and realize that in your mind are thoughts generated from all kinds of different places. Not every thought that you have is generated by your spirit. I'm wrapping up, so I don't have time to get on to the theology of that, but if you want me to explain it to you afterwards, I will. Not every thought that you have, the, the, the devil plants thoughts, the world plants thoughts, and then of course you get thoughts on your own. You are, we are created to think. We're created, but the Bible says to guard your minds. Guard your minds. To guard it. See, you have to take your thoughts captive. There are thoughts that I've determined I'm not going to think. Now, do they creep up into my mind? Yes. And when they do, I change my mind. I, the real me, changes my mind. I say, no, I'm not going there. I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking that way. I'm not thinking ill of other people. I've just determined, I'm just, I'm going to, the Bible says that love thinks the best of other people. And, and we'll, we'll get in our mind and we'll just think, we'll just think and think and think and turn. I mean, you'll have conversation after conversation after conversation with somebody that you've never had and build up anxiety and build up all this stuff and build up all these and build it up and build it up and build it up and build it up and, build it up and, you've, and you're just sitting in your house or sitting in your car. Stop it. God's prepared something for you and you're not going to be prepared to receive it if you're thinking about the past. See, see, that's what the devil wants. He wants you fixated on yesterday. Because what did, what did Jeremiah say? That he's got a hope and a... A few of you said it. I need everybody to say future. God has prepared for you a hope and a... Say it again, say... If the devil can get you fixated in thinking on yesterday, then out of your mouth will not come tomorrow. Man. Take every thought captive. I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going backwards. I'm not thinking about yesterday. I'm not thinking about, yes, I made a mistake, but God says... And he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. God, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. And God, help me not to think about yesterday. And you move forward. And if you make a mistake again today, then do the same thing. How many times do you have to do it until you stop thinking that way? 
There's been several things in my thought life that it took, it took some of them years for me to get past and years to get over and years to get through of fighting those thoughts and saying, no, I'm not going to think that way. Some stuff I got raised a certain way, some stuff I learned in college, some stuff, whatever. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it. You can do it. You can overcome. You can, listen, God has something prepared for you. He has a future prepared for you. He has a bright, not just a future. We all have a future. But I don't want just any future. I want his future. Amen. Stand up on your feet. Give God some praise in this place. God is so good.